Hello, I'm Sarah Gonzalez with the National Grain and Feed Association, and I'm here with Max Fisher, also of the National Grain and Feed Association. And he's going to talk about the work NGFA has been doing to ensure an efficient trucking transportation system, especially during the coronavirus pandemic. So thanks for joining me, Max. Yeah, glad to be on. Thanks for having me, Sarah. So to kick things off here, could you just briefly describe why trucking is such an important piece of the overall ag supply chain? Yeah, sure thing. Um, and I, th I think that can be explained by our economic system, uh, which is set up to allow people to make choices on how they want to support themselves, which assuming you know we as the people in this country make rational choices that maximize our own well-being uh, this pushes our economy forward um, you know trucks along with rail and water transportation move food from places of abundance to places of need um, which means that roughly one percent of the population the, the the percentage that's farming can feed the other 99%. Um, this in turn allows the other 99% to specialize in other tasks and trade, you know, in, in turn trade a small portion of their earnings from those other tasks, you know, roughly 10%, you know, in exchange for food. So essentially trucking is, is a, a big component of this, this barter system that we have in place in the United States. So, Anyway, it's it's a extremely important part of it. Sure, connecting us all. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, so, how has this system, specifically trucking transportation, been affected by the state shutdowns and stay-at-home orders that had been in place? Well, there's been a learning curve associated with the uh, with the shutdowns um, for those who engage in truck transportation. You know, the drivers, the carriers, uh, those who de depend on it. Um, you know, early on, we realized that trucking is critical infrastructure, you know, which means that we can't afford for truck drivers, you know, and those who support them to not work. Um, what I said earlier about um, the 1% of our population producing the food for the other 99% of our population only works if we can get the food transported from the 1% to the 99%. Um, we figured out you know, where the bottlenecks were during the shutdowns um, that were stifling our productivity for our drivers, you know. For example, you know, when the states shut down their, their departments and motor vehicles, it had the potential to prevent truck drivers from renewing their commercial driver's licenses, CDLs for short. Um, so we, we figured out, you know, with the federal government and the state governments that we needed extensions to grant those truck drivers whose CDLs were expiring uh, more time uh, sure. uh, before they had to renew. Um, there, there were other um, bottlenecks we figured out, you know, such as uh, there were delays in loading and unloading of trucks because while the truck drivers continued to work, you know, some of the businesses that were, uh, um, shipping and receiving uh, were limiting the number of people that they had on on their on their sites, right. uh, which is making it harder for truck drivers to load or unload. So we had to get better at coordinating that. Um, also figured out that uh, it was we had to we had to figure out how to social uh, social distance these truck drivers uh, for for their own safety. 
you know, normally they were having to obtain signatures on paperwork when picking up and dropping off. And, um, you know, luckily technology has been rapidly adopted uh, to help remove this impediment to where some of those signatures now are, are done using e-signature e tools. So there were other bottlenecks, but I'll, I'll stop there. Sure. Um, I'll circle back to the CDLs. Uh, are most states now able to issue CDLs to agricultural truckers or how has that been resolved or has it? Yeah, good, good question. Um, yeah, most states are now issuing CDLs, but not all. Um, fortunately, you know, as states reopen, this issue will work itself out. Uh, for the states that have been slow to reopen, this issue is persisting, and that's why it's important for the uh, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration and the state departments of transportation uh, to maintain the extensions for drivers with exp expiring CDLs. And uh, sure. anyway, we're we're uh, headed in the right direction with uh, with the DMV's reopening. So I, I don't think this issue will be uh, an issue for very much longer. Right. And I think NGFA had done some work to address problems caused by varying truck weight limits across state lines. Yes. Um, so varying truck weight limits, you know, is a problem during the pandemic, but it's it's also, you know, a, a problem in, even when we're not dealing with uh, the coronavirus. Right. Uh, for reasons that I don't understand, the federal government has maintained the authority to set truck weight limits on interstate highways. And that's that's a big part of the problem. Um, so states have the authority to set truck weight limits on state roads and U.S. highways, but not interstate highways. That part's reserved by the federal government. Mm -hmm. um, in most states, the truck weight limit set by the state is higher than the federal weight limit that, that the federal government has set on the interstate highways, which is 80,000 pounds. Um, so what this means is we have this hodgepodge of, of truck weight limits, even within a state. You know, right. For example, I'll, I'll use Kansas as an example. The, the state weight limit is 85,500 pounds, whereas the federal limit is 80,000. So if you're a truck driver and you have to go from say a state road onto an interstate highway, um, you have to load to the lesser of those two weight limits. So you're at 80,000 pounds, even if you're only on that interstate highway for a relatively uh, short distance, mm -hmm. um, which, which causes inefficiencies. So, you know, I, I guess I'll give Congress uh, credit, you know, in the CARES Act, which is the third coronavirus stimulus bill, uh, Congress gave states the authority to raise truck weight limits on on interstate highways uh, through the end of September. Oh, so it's, it has a time limit. Mm -hmm. Yes. So anyway, for the next however long that would be, uh, roughly four months almost, um, states have been able to uh, make their their uh, truck weight limits consistent. Um, within their state. So, so their, their state roads, U.S. highways, interstate highways, if they so choose, they, they could make them consistent. A lot of states did, did take advantage of this new authority and, and, and uh, made them consistent. Um, NGFA, along with a lot of other ag groups, um, made sure to send a letter to all the state DMVs to make them aware of this new authority shortly after mm -hmm. it was granted. And, you know, it's, it's just, good policy in, in NGFA's, in the opinion of NGFA members. And we're hoping that common sense, will, or, you know, common sense will prevail and that 
Congress will continue this policy uh, beyond the end of September. Sure. And so do you know of any actions NGFA is planning to take to encourage them to make this a permanent decision? You know, it's really just a matter of making Congress aware of, of mm-hmm. how well this worked. So, yeah. So, I mean, NGFA, the way, the ways that NGFA does that is essentially reaching out to congressional offices, especially the offices that, that have jurisdiction over truck weight limits, you know, the committees, you know, like in the house, the, the transportation infrastructure committee and just making them aware that, Hey, we, we realize that, you know, you've maintained authority to set these weight limits on interstate highways and just ask the question, you know, does that make sense anymore? Especially given the, the right. natural experiment that we had during the coronavirus. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And I think NGFA members, if they're listening, can know that they can stay engaged and stay updated with us on that issue. Um, I'll close out with a question that isn't necessarily about the coronavirus pandemic, but it does have to do with trucking and it's the federal motor carrier safety administration has issued its final hours of service rules. And from what, Um, I understand there's many NGFA-supported changes that were included in that final rule. Um, So can you explain what some of those are and when we should expect to see them put into action? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Maybe I'll start with that uh, latter question about when the rules will go into effect, which is at the end of September. Um, So... As, as far as the changes, as for the changes to the rules, um, there were four of them. Uh, the biggest, in my opinion, for, for the food and ag space is the increase in the air mile radius for short haul truckers. Um, so, so there's a short haul exemption to the hours of service rules. And before this change to the, the rules, it had only been 100 air miles within the radius of the origin of the, of the truck driver's normal. Um, starting off place in the morning. Um, Now they'll have, they'll be able to go up to 150 air miles. Um, So what this means is that truck driver will not have to um, use a logbook or ELDs within that 150 mile radius. You know, these these are normally, you know, relatively short routes as the exemption would suggest, but they will still have to keep track of their duty time. So um, this does not allow the truck driver to drive more hours than what they could before but it just allows them a, a wider radius um, to take advantage yeah. of this exemption within. Um, there were three other changes as well. Um, one of them, if, if a truck driver finds, finds that they are driving in a, what's called adverse driving conditions, you know, think of a blizzard or something like that, and they're nearing the end of their the amount of time that they're allowed to drive, which is, Right now, the actual the, the maximum amount of driving time is 11 hours per day, but the maximum amount of time that you can actually be on duty, which would include, you know, if, if you're picking up or, or dropping off and loading, uh, loading, or maybe you have other tasks with the company as well, is 14 hours. So this adverse driving conditions rule change would allow you to go up to 16 hours if you find yourself in 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 these bad situations, usually okay. weather. 
Um, and then there's also a couple other uh, changes, one on the 30-minute uh, brake rule. So a driver, after they've been on driving for eight hours, has to take a 30-minute break. Um, this has been changed now to just being eight hours on duty. So you no longer have to have been behind the wheel for eight hours. It could just be on duty for eight hours. So this, this will provide some flexibility where that driver can take the break while sure. loading or unloading or something like that. And then the last one is a, uh, it's a change to the sleeper berth exception and drivers right now, they have to take uh, 10 hours off every day minimum. And, uh, you know, especially for over the road truckers, a lot of them take that in the sleeper berth of their truck. So this will just allow them some flexibility to where they can, they can kind of stagger those 10 hours they take off to where they don't have to take them all in a row. Um, you know, they can take, for example, uh, seven hours and then drive a few, drive, drive a little bit and then take three more hours. So. Sure. So it sounds like these changes have overall added flexibility to these rules for truckers. Yes, absolutely. And, and NGFA, I should have added, yeah, we're, we're very excited about these changes. Um, because, you know, they include the several reforms I just mentioned that will increase driver flexibility and facilitate the availability of truck transportation. And, you know, if, if people are interested in uh, knowing more about the hours of service rules, um, there's a, an article in the NGFA newsletter from the May 29th edition um, that, that hits on uh, the main hours of service rules and provides more explanation. Sure. Yeah, these are good things to break down and learn the ins and outs of. So thank you for explaining yeah, that. Yeah, happy to do it. All right. Well, if there's anything else um, you want to add, I think we covered a good amount here. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. No, I don't have anything further. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the interview. And uh, if, if people have any more questions, you know, they're, feel free to reach out to me. My, my email is mfisher at ngfa.org. And uh, that can be, All right, well, yeah, thanks. I was just going to add, that can be found on the NGFA website too. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Max. Thanks for your work. And thanks everyone for joining right. us. Thank you, sir.